Thank you guys for joining me on Every Ray Living. You already know it is your girl Rayette. Welcome. First and foremost, as always, thank you guys for taking the time out of your day, allowing me to be a part of your day, talking you through whatever you're doing or whatever you're going through. Uh, real quick, I am um, folding laundry, um, but prior to uh, folding my laundry, I had patted up some hamburger um, because I'm going to throw a couple of burgers on the grill and um, have my kids come over. And I'm going to talk to you guys about what I'm going to talk to them about once they get here. Um, but before we get off into that, I want to tell you guys, there's 29 days before your girl turns 48. And if you know me, you know, I love my birthday. I love celebrating birthdays. Um, it's such a blessing when you can um, say you're however old you are and you've been blessed to see another day. I am 48 and I know about to be. Um, and I know there's people that haven't made it to 47. I know there's people that hasn't even made it in their forties and twenties. I know some people that haven't even made it out of their teens. And so I'm blessed and I'm grateful and thankful for every day that I, oh, I open my eyes because no day is promised. But as long as I can remember, I always celebrated my birthday took pride in my birthday. Um, even when I was younger, I remember, you know, being on a show called Easter Straker here in our hometown. Um, and that was a pretty big deal back in the day. You got to go on her little talk show, dig in the little penny jar, pull out as many pennies as your hands could hold. And they made you a cake and you were on TV. And I remember my grandmother um, getting me on there. And I remember her also nodding off, uh, sleeping while... Um, I was on there. It's just crazy how you really can remember a lot of things um, from your childhood that you really wouldn't think you would remember because you're thinking, man, I was so young. But I do remember that. So I'm excited about turning 48. And I'm excited because I'm going to do my whole um, being intentional, taking 48 days um, to do what I did last year. So last year I took 47 days. And this is for those of you who are just joining um, the Every Ray Living Rays of Sunshine uh, podcast, and you don't have no idea what I'm talking about. When I turned 47 last year, I took 47 days to do some things I wanted to do and to do some things I didn't want to do um, or not do. And I used that time to, you know, get a little bit more creative, do a little bit more um, investing into myself, tapping into things that I ordinarily wouldn't have had time to do because you know, you just be thinking you don't have enough time. You don't know if you uh, are going to like doing things. Like for me, I was into making soaps. Still, I still do. Uh, it just allowed me to get a little bit more creative. It allowed me to just tap into things that I just really felt like I didn't have enough time to do, or I didn't know if I could do it. And it just, I gave myself that time to uh, figure it out. And that's what I'm doing this year but I have an extra day added <laughs> and I'm going to write down 48 things that I'm going to do. Now, granted, I'm not going to be able to do everything in those 48 days because certain things require me to start and it may happen on the 49th day. I don't know, but it's going to look different from last year because now I'm writing down things. Now I'm writing them down, expecting it. Not that I didn't before, but last year I didn't write it down. I just was going with the flow um, I was just open to if someone asked me to go out to eat and I normally wouldn't have went now, you know, at that time I just went. 
This time is a little bit more specific, um, trusting in God more um, to open up some doors um, for some things and just, just, just ready, you know, to tap into some things. Um, and when I did it last year, um, one of the things I noticed not to, you know, talk you guys head off, but I'm telling you this in the event you're thinking you want to do it. Um, cause a lot of people have asked me what made me want to do it. Um, what brought me to that? And it came from me being annoyed a lot, you know, last year. Um, I'm the type of person, I don't have a problem with calling you out if there's an issue, but on the same side, on the other side of that coin, I don't like calling people out because by the time I say something to someone, I've let so much stuff ride. I've let you get off with so much of stuff that by the time I say something, you know, you probably think I'm tripping or, you know, it's not that deep, but I've let so much stuff go. And by the time I say something, I'm already at a 20. And so I realized I was getting tired of that. And I was getting tired of not saying anything because it was giving people permission to feel like they could still say and do and not be cognizant of my feelings when they would say or do something. And I'm not a real emotional person. I don't really take everything to heart. I really don't take everything personal. But I will start taking it personal. I will start taking it to heart. The more I see you're getting comfortable with handling me, however you want to handle me. And, and that's where I was like, you know, I don't like that. But it requires you to do some reflection. It requires you to look at yourself in a way to find out why do I let this happen? Why am I not saying anything? Why do I feel like I can't say anything? And then you'll start getting to those answers by doing the work. And I say that to say this, I was talking to my sister and I might've shared this with you guys, but I was talking to my sister and I don't, I'm not a big animal person to begin with. I love looking at animals especially if I go to a zoo and I see like all different type of animals. I love that, but I'm not like a dog person. I don't need to have a dog. I don't need to have a cat. I don't need to have a bird. I don't even need to have a goldfish. So I just, I'm just fearful of them. And I was talking to my sister. I, was, I told her, I said, a lot of my fear comes from when we were younger, always being chased by dogs. And we went to this school. We wasn't in the city schools long, but I remember when we did go, we had to walk. Our house was never far from the school, but we always would get lost and we would always get chased by dogs. And so I didn't even recognize that's where my fear was until I really start journaling and spending that time with myself, trying to figure out why this triggers me, why this makes me feel this way. What is my fear? Why is my fear of dogs or any animal for that matter? Um, everything was just so traumatic. And I just remember thinking everything was saturated in fear for me when I was younger. And no one probably would, would know or care to know, but that's what it was. And when I kind of got that revelation, um, it freed me and allowed me to, you know, think, wow, this is what this is. And so I never liked driving on the highway or anything like that because I'm always fearful of getting lost. Why? Because when my sister and I would walk to school, which was not far from the house at all, we would always get lost. We always would get lost. And so growing up, that became the thing. You know, I became fearful of getting lost. And then it did happen when I got older, got home safely, and she and I was together when that happened. But I I got lost. I panicked. I started crying. 
came home. And after that moment of getting lost, it took me so many years to drive on a highway. And then when I did drive on a highway, it was important. It was imperative that I had somebody in the car with me. I, I needed another pair of eyes. And that kept me in a zone for so long that it just made me not go anywhere. I missed out on so many opportunities with people because if it required me to drive, I didn't go. If it required me to drive by myself, oh, I didn't go. And I didn't even care how I made the person feel, feel because I knew why I was going. I knew I wasn't staying back because I wasn't going out and not being happy for that person. I just knew what my fear was, what my insecurity was. So I said all that to say this, when I was sharing that with her, she felt the same way. But it's interesting how people, specifically myself and my sister, two people can have the same fear of something, but both people will um, channel it different. Whereas I allowed mine to a certain degree to hinder me from doing certain things. My sister made it her mission to drive, to figure out things, to get lost and figure it out. And I was polar opposite. I didn't want no parts of getting lost, trying to figure it out. I'm just not even going to tap into it. But going back to the 47 days of being intentional, one of the things I did was tap into what I was afraid of, why, and so on and so forth. Fast forwarding, when I flew out to Florida to see my friends, the one thing I did was, it wasn't my first time flying. It wasn't my first time, you know, going to an airport, but it was my first time driving myself to the airport, flying out by myself, um, getting my own ticket and all that stuff situated. Cause all the time, all the, all before then it was done before me, excuse me. Um, and then flying back on airplane by myself and then, um, driving myself from the airport to home. And I felt so grown <laughs> at my grown self. I felt grown, you know? So being intentional and taking that time for 47 days allowed me to, um, down the road, almost a year later, do exactly what I was afraid to do a year prior. So this year, like I said, I'm going to be more intentional about what it is I want, what it is I'm believing God to do and what he's opening up and, you know, just positioning myself for um, all of his blessings and all that good stuff. So that's kind of where that came from in a nutshell. I know it probably took a long time for me to get there, but I just kind of want to paint the picture and give you um, an idea on why I do it. So like I said, turning 48 is going to be different. My plan is to have a nice little dinner um, at this restaurant. I already have a reserve. It's going to invite a few people and um, that's going to start it off. That's my plan for that. Um, and stay tuned. Now, what I actually want to talk to you guys about it opened my eyes to so many things. And I know you guys are like, Ooh, your eyes is always being open. Yes. I always want to be a student of life. I always want to be learning things. I always want to make sure I'm not showing up like I'm the brightest bulb in the room. I always want to show up wherever I'm at with my own knowledge, but willing and able to make room for more knowledge and more wisdom. And I was talking to this lady um, last week, and I'll leave her name out just for personal um, privacy reasons. Um, we were just talking about life, you know, how I'm supposed to have surgery, but I'm putting it off because 
when you know you have to have surgery to get something fixed and you know you might be down for a little bit, you're not rushing to get that done because you already know. And so the conversation was just, you know, in regards to, you know, one thing after another happening and not having a time to take off and so on and so forth. Well, she was explaining to me that her husband was diagnosed with an illness that gets progressively worse as time goes on. Unfortunately, she's noticing that it's happening, you know, more rapid than, you know, she expected it to happen. And that has caused her to feel a little, you know, type of way because she's looking at what her retirement is going to look like now versus, you know, prior to getting the news about her uh, husband. And so we were just talking about how, you know, how, how you can depend on people and how you can't. And, and marriage is different. And so I was explaining to her and the conversation just, you know, meshed into this. I'm skipping a lot of it, but I'm getting to the part where my eyes and my ears were like, wow. Um, so I was explaining to her, yeah, I said, um, when I, when, before me and my ex were thinking about getting married, we had marriage counseling. And I said, I remember going to marriage counseling by myself first. And I remember the pastor and I'm paraphrasing, but he did say this, you don't need, um, a lot of weeks and days of marriage counseling. Um, because there's a couple questions you need to have answered before you can walk down the aisle and it's, can you trust them? And, um, can you see yourself being with someone and doing stuff on days you don't want to do it? And he didn't mean cooking. He, he was very, uh, specific. He was like, I don't mean cooking because nobody's going to always feel like cooking, but he was talking about the sickness and the health and the stuff that's not so pretty. And at that point, you're not thinking about that because you're thinking, especially if you're young, you're not thinking about that. You're thinking about the honeymoon phase. You're thinking about the good times. And so when she told me, um, that's what, you know, she understands that's what, you know, that's where they're at. But then I had went back and said, um, I'm sorry, I kind of got sidetracked, um, folding clothes, thinking someone's, um, pulling up my, uh, attention drifted off. So I apologize. Anyways, we were talking about, you know, just being there for your significant other, and I told her, I said, I mean, he, that's, that's true. When you walk down the aisle, before you walk down the aisle, you already know if you can trust your mate. You already know if this is something you can see yourself doing. And sometimes when you know the answer is no, no, no to everything, you still leave room in your mind thinking it'll change, it'll get better. And I went into it knowing it was just not going to be what I thought it was going to be. And so we were talking about, you know, cheating and so on and so forth. And then, cause you know, my ex know he loved the ladies. And so she said, yeah, you know, that's what her husband put her through. And so she said, now, you know, I have to do this and do that. You know, you, you could just tell sis has not forgiven. Like I think she may have thought she did. This is my own, own opinion. I could be wrong, but just hearing the the letdown, the inconvenience. And when someone is diagnosed with an illness and you are responsible for taking care of them because it's your husband or it's your wife or it's a parent or it's a loved one or whatever, that is hard. Like her reaction is not anything different from anybody who knows um, 
that feeling. But just her talking like that, all I could hear was she really hadn't forgave like she probably thought she did. My opinion only. I could tell she still has a chip on her shoulder. Um, my opinion only. Um, but it just sounded different. It didn't sound like a wife who was, yeah, this is not good. We was th- throwing a curveball, but we're going to get through it. Things are altered, but I love him and I'm going to do what I need to do because he would do it for me. Um, it was it was not that <laughs> reaction. And so it made me really think about when you forgive someone, do you really know what that means when you forgive? And then it made me think when you forgive someone, especially if it's, they're close and you know you're going to have to deal with them. Um, more often than a person that you really wouldn't see that much. It really made me fast forward to when people forgive, people really need to pay attention to what forgiveness really means, especially if it's someone that you got to see all the time and somebody you got to deal with all the time. Are you really serious in your forgiveness? Like if they need something from you down the road, um, are, are you at a point where you've forgiven them so much that if they need something from you, they need you to be there in a way that you're not, you're not expecting to be, will you show up for them and not harbor some kind of emotion that'll stop you from doing? Cause those are natural feelings. She's not by herself in that. Cause it literally made me stop and think I've forgiven some people and some people that I forgave I don't really have to see them. They're not in my immediate circle. But if I was in a marriage and my husband cheated on me and something happened and he's relying on me to take care of him. And then I hear and I have this feeling like this lady does. That makes you think about things differently. And it makes you hear things differently when you hear someone else, you know, talking like she was. And it just made me want to talk to my kids about down the road. You know, I don't have any, you know, anticipation that something's going to happen to me today or tomorrow, but I want to get insight on what, what would they want to do if something happened to me and I couldn't talk or I couldn't move or I needed them to help me. What are their roles going to be? And then I'm going to explain to them what my request would be. And what I would expect to happen, I would want them to be honest and open with me um, about how much they're willing to help me, what they can do, what they're not comfortable with doing. Because at the end of the day, that's the key. Everyone isn't cut out to change adult pampers. Everyone isn't cut out to give uh, adults a bath. And people do it and sometimes they don't do it with a cheerful heart. They do it because it's a paycheck. They do it because they have to do it. And then they treating a person funny because they don't really want to do it. And that person is in that situation where they need that help anyways. So it just opened my eyes to the realness of it. And even when my mom got sick, it opened my eyes to some things. But I was one of those people who was always honest about, I can, if my back is against the wall, I can help change an adult diaper and baths and all that. It's not my ministry, but I would do it if my back was against the wall and I had to do it. Now there's options. I'm going to use those options respectfully. But a lot of people get caught up trying to act like they're here for it. And then when their back is against the wall and it's time to show up, 
they will do any and everything but what they made a big deal about what they would do if that person was in that situation. So all that to say, be very cognizant of how you treat people. Be very cognizant uh, if you've forgiven someone close to you that may, you know, you may have to deal with on a up close and personal uh, situation. Make sure you're clear on what it would be if something would happen to that person would you still have a chip on your shoulder and would not want to do it? Because now she's worried about it. She's going to lose everything as a result of this illness. And she said she's worked her entire life and worked hard to have what she had to lose it to, you know, whether it be bills, whether it be, you know, whatever has to happen as a result. I mean, it gets real, real when you start thinking about the reality of what it really means to be in a relationship with someone and to death do us part and all that. Sometimes, you know, just because we're human, we don't think that far in advance. But I'm going to tell you, her conversation made me think about a lot of things. And it made me think who's really going to be in my corner, who I really should expect to be in my corner. Because I have witnessed and I'm seeing enough to where I know I can count on one hand and it ain't going to be, you know, it's probably not going to go past my kids. But even then, your kids can get to a point where they're like, ooh, I don't want to do all that. It's too much. And then they'll put that burden on the other sibling. And the other sibling is carrying all the weight. And it could just become a thing. So I just want to put that out there. I don't want to throw a wet blanket on anything. But my podcasts are everyday living. Yes, they're fun. They're serious. All of that. But I just, that was part of my life. You know, where I was talking, when when I was listening to this lady talk, it was in my everyday today. And it made me think. And because it made me think and it was sitting on my mind and my heart, I wanted to share because if I was thinking it and it made me feel a certain way, I'm sure I'm not the only person. And that's why I do these podcasts and I do my um, YouTube channel um, and my TikToks because if I'm thinking it, somebody else is thinking it, even though they're not saying it. But I'm I'm going to leave you guys with this. You guys have a great weekend. And on the next episode, you already know we're going to talk about it.